In this week's update, Fed revises their stance. What does it mean? A shocker week for global markets. And what to expect from quality, high-growth stocks and how to access that, that success. My name's Gary Davis. As always, this is general advice only. And please remember to like and subscribe to the video. <clears throat> All right, let's start with the market perspective. Powell delivered the somewhat unexpected on, on Wednesday. They paused on rates, which is what the market expected. But he went on in his post-decision press conference to say that a soft landing was not the Fed's baseline expectation. And that was a left hook for the market. They didn't see that one coming because the language in the last couple of months has been pointing in a slightly different direction. So the rate pause was factored in and probably one more rate hike this year was expected. But what wasn't expected was the tone around 2024 which painted a picture that rates would have to stay higher for longer. With probably two rate cuts in 2024, not the four that the market expected. And of course, when markets get a surprise, something that they're not expecting, then everyone presses the sell button. But look, there's a bit of a rider to that, and I'll, I'll get to that on the next slide. But there's a fair amount of evidence that the algorithms played quite a part in the sell-off on for late Wednesday and, and Thursday. So markets definitely caught off guard. As always, we need a short period of rebalance as the algorithms, as traders sort of rethink valuations. But through all that, great stocks that are bought well, that are bought on periods of weakness, will then just resume their upward march <clears throat> as they always have and they always will. You know, you can... You can try and day trade and trade short term and in, indulge in speculative stocks, but at the end of the day, the most reliable and successful way to get above average returns in the stock market is to be riding quality horses and give them the time to unfold. And that's never really going to change, but I will come back to that. So American stocks are down almost 3% for the week. But I did notice that looking through a couple of hundred individual stock charts in the US across uh, Thursday and Friday, that many of the moves were pretty low volume. They were around about the volumes we've seen over the last few weeks or lower, and in some cases, quite decidedly lower. So this was a, you know, this was a market reaction. It was an emotional reaction. It was probably partly driven by algorithms just firing off headlines as they sort of mindlessly do. And, um, you know, I'm still very positive that the sections of the market that I'm interested in will still do well into the year end. Now, energy continued to hold up relatively well, but there was, wasn't a lot of resistance offered elsewhere in the US market, as we'll see. And 4,200 support um, now looks in play. Um, there is the market is, or the index is sitting right on a support level at the moment at a higher point. But, um, when you look at the chart, you'd be a brave person to say that 4,200, which is another, um, you know, 150 odd points down, um, is, uh, is not a definite possibility. So we could have, um, an, another week or two of, uh, of disruption yet. Uh, the U S dollar index edged up fractionally higher to 105.58 um, was a 10-year yield that really that spiked up 
I think at one stage to about 4.5 and that really hit the big tech stocks and that that's what really dragged the index down. So we've just got to go through that, uh, that adjustment there. Uh, the VIX also kicked up from around 13 and a half to uh, above 17. And the 10-year, two-year spread didn't really move, staying steady at negative uh, 0.66. Let's go and look at the charts. And we'll start with the S&P. And look, this was September of 2022. So it started in mid-August. It finished in um, early to mid-October. But the bulk of the decline in 2022 occurred during September. And September, traditionally the weakest month of the year. Um, and so, you know, no surprise that we've had a bit of weakness this September, but as you can see, it's, it's not of the same ilk as what we saw last year. Now, the index, as I said, is sitting on a key level, picking up this, uh, this peak from August of last year. Also this little low here from June of this year, and you might as well throw in the, uh, the low of, uh, mid August as well. So that is likely to maybe produce some sort of bounce. If it doesn't, if we don't get a bounce Monday or Tuesday, then you know with almost certainty that we're, we're heading down to this lower level. And this lower level is, um, is interesting because it corresponds with the peak in February of this year. It also corresponds with the 200-day moving average, which is important for technical traders. And it also corresponds with the 38.2% retracement of the run from the low here in October 2022 to the recent high in late July of this year. So a bit more of a move to the downside is, uh, is well and truly possible. Let's go and look at, um, at where the money flows are going within the S&P and, and the, the broader market. This is the NASDAQ versus the S&P. Not a lot of difference during the week didn't really disturb this equilibrium in terms of money flows between the more aggressive and, um, and the rest of the market. And so we've just been holding this level now since the end of May. So um, three, nearly, nearly four months, for a big part, nearly four months now that this has been really just in equilibrium. Semiconductors did get sold down at the start of last week, but did do a bit of a turnaround. On, uh, on Friday, some, some nice bounces on Friday gave me a bit of encouragement. Let's look at the sectors. Uh, energy still remains clearly the strongest. It did get sold off during the week, but, but bounced a bit on Friday. But you can see, if you look at all the other sectors, finance, um, communication services, healthcare, materials, technology has dropped away from you know, just in the last couple of weeks, dropped away very, very sharply. And then we've got, um, uh, we've got consumer discretionary, but of course that includes Amazon um, and Amazon being part of big tech got, um, got carved up. I, from my perspective, Amazon really shouldn't be in this, in this sector. It's, uh, it's probably more appropriate for, for it to be in the technology sector. But also really interestingly is that consumer staples <laughs> was, is at the bottom as well. So, you know, the, the market is not turning really negative when you see consumer staples over the last quarter um, tracking at the, at the bottom of the pack. Let's have a look at just the last couple of weeks. 
Energy still at the top. The order's pretty much the same. Um, there's consumer discretionary really fell heavily. Um, just in the last couple of weeks, Staples has fallen a bit less, but it hasn't turned up or held its ground, which is what you would expect if the market is going to turn sour. You know, if sentiment is really going to go off the boil, then you would see uh, almost certainly consumer staples uh, turning up or at least going sideways. That wasn't the case. It was down for the week. Let's look at the Aussie market while we're here. This is over the last quarter. So um, uh, energy also uh, led the way here, but not as emphatically as in the States. And that's pretty consistent. If you look at a chart of Woodside and Santos, then, um, you know, that's, that's what you're seeing. Um, whereas in the States, there are some uh, very strong breakouts among some of the energy majors. Um, so energy finance uh, over the last quarter brings up the next slot. Um, and then we drop down to, um, uh, to information technology, small caps, materials. And then at the bottom is healthcare. Healthcare getting a, a absolute serve in the Australian market over the last quarter and, uh, and didn't get any respite in the last two weeks either. So that's the way that, um, that things are setting up in terms of money flows. Um, this is the 10 year yield. Let's have a look at the 10 year yield year to date. So we, we reached a peak in March at around, uh, just a tick over four declined to about 3.35, 3. Um, yeah, around about 3.35. Um, and it looked as though rates had peaked. Bond yields, 10-year bond yields had peaked and, um, and things were, um, were looking up. But since then, after a period of sideways that took us through almost to June, we've, we've moved um, pretty consistently from 3.5 to 4.5. And you can see just, just came off the boil a little bit in on Friday, but it's a pretty strong trend to the upside. And, and that is, that is what spooked the market and particularly the bigger tech stocks. Right. Moving on to the Australian market, um, 63.8 is where our dollar finished. Our index also lost 2.9% across the week. Um, and the prior Friday, last Sunday, I outlined um, a really, really strong finish in the Australian market uh, the Friday before last. That's sort of a distant memory because uh, we fell on every session in, and also on the open of Friday quite sharply. Lots of stocks gapped down in the Australian market, um, but then turned around and it, was, um, and it was a pretty spectacular rally that we saw on the Friday just gone, uh, which was very encouraging, but unfortunately the, the US market was initially stronger Friday, but gave back those gains and finished with a slight loss. So I'm not quite sure how the market is going to take that and, uh, and open on Monday morning. But look, despite the pretty rotten sentiment that we saw last week, there were still some strong individual stock performances. Um, and certainly in the members portfolios, there were, um, there were some good outcomes. It wasn't, um, it wasn't that, uh, that tough a week for members. Um, it's really encouraging to see the strong support coming in below 7,000 points. Um, and if you've been watching this video for any period of time, you know that I don't 
place a lot of stock in what the what the A6200 is doing because it's it's just a reflection of such a minority number of stocks. You know, it's twenty stocks basically dominate the index and aren't really representative at all of the sort of stocks that um, that I'm invested in. Um, so that was the reality. We did see a strong bounce and a strong reversal on Friday, but the bottom line was every sector fell across the week. And uh, that was it. And, and healthcare, as we saw on the, the last chart, was, um, was clearly the worst. So let's just take a quick look at the Aussie market. So there's the overall index. You can see a big dot on, uh, on Friday. We actually uh, took out the July lows, but then it all turned around and, uh, and quite a good finish. So be very interesting to see what the, uh, what the Aussie market does. If we look at materials, materials in particular, um, did turn around quite strongly. Um, energy, the same finance. It's, it's pretty much the same story across the board, except for healthcare and and healthcare continued to sell off, came off its lows a little bit on Friday, but um, that's a pretty steep decline in healthcare. And finally, uh, information technology um, also finished well off its lows, but not quite as strong a reversal as some of the other sectors. All right, while we're here, let's check in on gold. Gold on the weekly. Um, there was a lot of headlines about gold falling. And I got a lot of articles about uh, how gold was getting smashed. And um, so when you get to the end of the week and gold has actually gone up $2, you sort of scratch your head a little bit and um, and wonder what it is that the media is actually reporting um, because this is what happened to gold last week. Um, we went up on Monday, paused on Tuesday. We were well up on Wednesday before the Fed announcement of press conference. And then we sold off and, and followed through on Friday, but then regained, uh, sorry, sold off uh, the follow through on Thursday. Then we regained on Friday um, to overall recorded a $2 gain. So when you look at that, you wonder what the heck the press was trumpeting, to be honest. So quick summary, $2 rise, 1926. Um, the Fed really upset the apple cup with respect to gold, but... Um, what the headlines were screaming was just an incorrect picture. In Aussie dollars, a change, um, 3,020. And um, precious metal stocks, they got shaken up a bit. There was certainly some selling in Australian gold stocks. But a bounce back is, um, is pretty likely in that part of the market. Right, turning to other commodities, copper, 371, down a bit. Nickel, also down below $9 again, uh, crude oil above 90 and looking really strong. We'll look at that chart in a minute. It's one of the strongest commodity trends, um, this year, along with uranium, which is up 34% year on year. So let's take a look at, um, some of those. So first of all, crude oil. So let's look at crude oil year to date. So nine months worth of history. So we're in a band for some time between 70 and 80. And then we started this rise um, just below 70 in late June. And, um, 
and we got to a uh, got to a, a peak of 90, 91 and a half um, during the week. So strong trend in oil, and I guess the best you can say is that the the trend is very strong to the upside, and there doesn't appear to be anything on the horizon that's um, that's going to puncture unless we get an announcement from from OPEC about increasing production rates or something of that nature. But um, certainly oil looking very strong and no surprise. Uranium, there's uranium over the last five years. We were trading down here um, under uh, under 30, down around the, the low 20s. But we've now hit um, 65, I believe 68. And you can see it's it's just starting to break out now. So uranium has certainly been one of the most successful of the commodity sectors in recent months. And we've had some great results with um, with uranium. There's spot copper chart and nickel. And finally, just to wrap it all up, think about if you could set a plan to achieve well above average returns over the next five years, average, because, you know, it can be done. The current Insiders Club portfolios are, are clearly demonstrating that we're on that pathway and it just requires a clear structure about what you're doing. Stock selection is obviously important. You've got to be, you've got to be riding the right horses and that combination that's likely to deliver, and you just got to bring the commitment and the discipline to stay with that, <clears throat> to stay with that plan and not get distracted. So from my perspective, it's all there for the taking. And I'm just super excited about the next couple of years in terms of what, of what can be achieved. Now, in Portfolio Analyst last week, we did look at that concept, so how to think about long-term core investing and having realistic expectations, looking back at not only the price movement over the last three to five years and what is realistic, what percentage of time great stocks tend to trend and how much time they tend to spend just going sideways, consolidating, and also looking at it from a fundamental point of view that if the stock has performed exceptionally well over the last three and five year periods, is that financial performance and hence the share price likely to continue for the next three to five years? Now, that sort of analysis doesn't guarantee you anything, but gee, it increases your odds, your probabilities enormously. So that was in Portfolio Analyst last week. If you've not tried the trial, the two-week trial in Portfolio Analyst for a dollar, then you could try that and you know, just get a, a much clearer understanding of what I'm talking about. We also looked at what not to do. There's some important things that you've got to avoid as well to make this whole thing work. That's it for this week. More information on the website. There's my email address and I'll be back with you next Sunday. Cheers.